Glory to God. Be seated. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Happy birthday, Jesus. Amen. Little drummer boy almost made me take off running. I know, that was so good. I was about to like explode. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this Christmas time, this Christmas Eve. We just love you, Lord, and we thank you for this wonderful gift, this Christmas present that you gave us. And we just seek you now to grow in him, to grow closer to him and to you, Father. We just thank you that our names are written in his book of life. And we thank you that you help us to walk in that victory that he has provided through his life and death and resurrection. We thank you, Lord, that you would even consider giving us this gift that you call in your word unspeakable because it's indescribable. Words can never do it justice. Help us to focus and magnify that gift and that blessing all through the season and continuing on from day to day for the rest of our lives and all eternity. We pray for all those who are here and all those who are not here Thank you, Lord, that you have others that we have never met that listen. I, I just speak a blessing over those of you in Paraguay and, and uh, Rhode Island and San Angelo, Texas and Dallas and Houston and Cyprus and Chicago and, and the United Kingdom, Russia, Brazil, other little countries in South America, I cannot think of the names of right now, but I see you and I pray for you and I thank you. I, I'm aware that you listen and I, I don't know why, but I thank God and I pray that he's touching your hearts and minds and using you to effect change in your area for the kingdom of God for the better. We love you, Lord. Thank you for using me today as an instrument your vessel, let it be you speaking, breaking every yoke. Thank you for the anointing. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, Christmas. Let's talk about that Christmas present that God gave us. What does it mean 
to us. That's of significant importance. Every person individually must deal with that. You have to place a value on it. It could be very little or it could be everything. You see what I'm saying? In your heart, in your mind, in your day-to-day life. I, you know, a lot of people write Xmas, you know, and I, and I see different responses. Yeah, you, you know, and the reason is because, you know, as I do, that the people that are writing it for the most part, and we don't judge, but pretty much in our country that, that X is a, it, it's an unknown value, you see. And so, to X out the Christ is not, is not cool in that sense. Now, let me, let me just say this. The origination of that was holy and good. The X in Greek is, just means Christ. Okay? Christos, it's a, it's a, that's where it came from. And so, in the early days of Christianity, they would use the X, which stood for Christ, as a, as a secret symbol of them being followers. So it all started off with good intent. But now I'm afraid that many aren't using it with that knowledge <laughs> just, to, just to keep from having to write a few more letters. Mm-hmm. Or just out of total disregard and disrespect. In other words, saying this is not about him anymore. This is just a holiday that we celebrate with decorations and commercialism and parties and vacations and get-togethers with family and friends, and, and that's all good and fine in its place. But what about Jesus? What we don't know is killing us. You've heard me say that before. As a culture, as a nation, as individuals in the home and in our family settings and relationships and marriages and could go on and on. Last week I discussed Jesus as our counselor. And I hope you have sought him regarding this. If so, then I can guarantee that you have benefited from it. If not, you will not. You see? It's simple, but it's spiritual. God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. That's why he sent his baby to be born the way he was, in a feeding trough, and hung on a cross, which the intellectual mind will never grasp or understand or believe if they lean completely on that intellect. You have to cooperate and be a part in the relationship if you want to benefit fully from it. You must be willing to receive the counsel. Otherwise, there's just rebellion and a continuation of sowing to the flesh and reaping corruption. It's in the Word. It's a promise. 
it's a negative, but it's still a promise. It's a spiritual law at work and God putting it there not to harm you, but to trusting that you trust him. And then once you see that spiritual law is at work and it's, and it's guaranteed to be there until the end of time as we know it, then you will do something about it to avoid it harming you because he's warned you and because he, he loves you. You know, the story about the, the two friends, one had a very serious drinking problem. And it was destroying his life, his family, his business. And his good friend went down to the bar one day to meet him and he, he had two worms in a little jar. And he asked the bartender for a, a shot of whiskey and a shot of water. He put one worm in the whiskey and one in the water. The one in the whiskey died immediately. The other one just swam around. He asked the friend, you see what I'm trying to show you here? He says, yeah, if you drink enough whiskey, you'll never have worms. <laughs> he missed the point. It's the same with Christmas and the world, you see? I love the passage of Scripture. I ministered on it last week that they ended that praise and worship with, Isaiah 9, verse 6, and they included the seventh verse, talking about his kingdom, his government will never end. That's a wonderful thing. is our wonderful counselor. That kingdom, that government that rests on his shoulder. You know, that's his kingdom. He's a prince, a prince with power and authority and the kingdom of God. See, in the, in the world, there are two types of governments. I don't mean to get off on this. Keep me straight, Lord. Well, there's a type that's tyrannical, dictated, run from the, the top down, you see? And then they're, they're totally corrupt. The politicians, the military, they run everything, and the people are oppressed and miserable. doesn't work. That's communism, socialism, Marxism, whatever you want to call it, all leads to the same thing. The other side, believe it or not, though it's better, is still run by people. And you get these elected officials who promise the moon and they get up there and then, the, and then the devil walks in their office on the first day and tells them how it's really going to be or else they'll be destroyed. So they're just following the will of the people and really whatever the majority sort of rules. And when mob rules, when, what, what you have then is then the people learn they can, uh, they can vote themselves <laughs> wonderful gifts out of the government coffers and then it begins to fail. Either way, there is not a form, neither form of human government will, will, is sustainable. And the only thing that's going to fix that is the kingdom of God, the government of Jesus Christ. And he will return and 
set, establish that kingdom. And he'll rule and reign in peace and justice and righteousness. I didn't mention the things about Christmas that we do in the beginning, uh, the, the Christmas presents. I did say I wanted to talk to you about God's Christmas present, but, but we think a lot about Christmas presents, don't we? Even when we try not to, we still focus on it many times, and, and that, that pressure of expectations and all that just kind of gets to you. I mean, it just, it's just commercialism and, and all of that. But today I want to speak to you regarding the, the Christmas present to humanity from a loving Father. Which is the reason for the season and the reason for our giving presents. Or it should be this Christmas present given by God to all of the world. It should be the, the, the reason for our, our giving the, and the source of our joy and peace and everything good. Amen. I said should be. I want to tell you plainly today. Or your Father in Heaven does. If you... No matter where you are, if you who are consumed by the present state of your life, your happiness depends on happenings and you live out of your emotions, he wants to tell you this. You didn't come here today to, to hear a good Christian Christmas message to make you feel better for this moment in time and to, to check off the box? No. Instead, if you will believe and learn to focus on the eternal, the eternal, unchanging, unyielding blessing of the original present from God, it will change your present condition for the better. Because if you learn to live by the Spirit of God, you can stay in a place of peace, love, joy, eternally, Amen. not temporarily. I heard him just as clearly yesterday say those things to me. Because he loves you. Amen. Something the world doesn't have access to, you see. But you do. Amen. If you believe. In this world you will have tribulations. Yes? Jesus said that. It's a fallen, terribly corrupt and painful world. But how... Would you like to go 
through the good and the bad of this life without ever losing your joy. Amen. <clears throat> Never falling apart like cotton candy in a rainstorm. <laughs> when things go south, you don't have to go with them. But you need more of an awareness and trust in Jesus and his promises than maybe any of us here really walk in consistently. And that's not his best for us. He said, I will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me because he trusts me. Isaiah 26.3. First thing, I woke up this morning, a death. Not unusual in my <laughs> life, unfortunately. But I watched God work several miracles yesterday. It was so fun. We just had such a day. Sometimes you're looking for the miraculous and you're missing the supernatural, you see? But I don't. I pay attention and I watch God's hand as he knits and is working in all directions at all times. And I, oh, I'm glad I'm not him. What a job he has. But I was sitting out in front of the post office and uh, I'd gone up there to try and help my, my daughter because she, something was supposed to um, come to my house because it was too big to fit down the chimney and so it had to come a different way. And I didn't know that was the U.S. Postal Service. And it was a big, heavy thing, see? And uh, if I had known it was the Postal Service, I'd have, not, I'd have told them they won't ever put that on a mail truck. But it had to be yesterday, you see? So... By the time we got notice in the mailbox, well, I, my, my daughter asked me to come. Yeah, I'm like, not yet, sweetie. And I said, wait. The Lord told me, go check the mail. I'm like, why would I check? The, but I know his voice. When I checked the mail, they just put a slip in there, too big for the truck. I'm like, if you'd have told me the mail was bringing out, I'd have told you this. It's 2 o'clock. The post office was closed. My daughter just, you know, and I'm, she's like, I'm like, well, I've been there before. You know, I've knocked on the thing and people have come out and given me a certified letter. But it was in different times than we live in now. And it wasn't Christmas. And she's like, I'm already on my way there. I said, I'm right behind you. I'm, I'll meet you there with my truck, you know. But before I could even get there, she had flagged down a mail truck. He went in and got it for her. Brought it out. Too heavy. So I'm on my way, an old man comes and tells her, you need help? She says, 
no, my dad's on the way. And, and he said, and it was starting to rain. And she, he said, you don't want to sit out here. And he helped her get her seats down. She has a Honda Pilot. Got it in. It fit perfectly. <laughs> and there she went. So I was already almost there. I went to the mail post office. I had to get some stamps because we haven't sent out any Christmas cards yet. <laughs> My wife works retail. She got home at 10 o'clock last night and left at 7.30 this morning. We do things a little differently. <laughs> but we live believing that Christmas is uh, a time of peace and simplicity and love and and we do what we can when we can. Amen. So I did mail three, <laughs> sitting there. And a great friend of mine, an attorney from here in town, he lives here and um, he's on my rodeo committee. He walks by and I'm like, hey, young man. He's like, hey. It's always good to see each other, you know, when you have someone like that special to you for 20 years and we were in management together and everything at the rodeo. So he's like, hey, you know, it's so good to see you. We talked for a minute, and then he asked me to pray. But first he said, I've got a friend. He said, he's dying. He's going to die. And, of course, like Joey and I were talking about earlier, the, the, the between-your-eyes answer for that is if you say so. But I wouldn't do that to someone to, to hurt their feelings, you know what I mean? There's a time and a place for that. For someone who already knows and has been told, you know, and knows about faith and is refusing to walk in it or use it. And then you just tell them, hey, if you say so, which means if you keep talking like that, you're going to have, you say what you see, you're going to have what you say. But this man doesn't know that. And he just was saying that this uh, the cancer was so bad that the family was just praying that the man would make it through Christmas and asked if I would be praying and keeping them lifted up. And I said, we'll pray now. I said, he didn't have to die. He goes, well, he's going to die, you know. But So we just prayed, and, and uh, this morning, first thing, he had passed. And so I said, well, don't, don't let... I said, oh, well... I said, don't let the, the, the devil steal any more from you than he already has this Christmas. Don't let him steal your joy. We see, and I see person after person after person and talk to person after person after person, not being critical. This is the time of year they celebrate all of the loved ones who've passed. And post the pictures and how miserable they are and how much they miss them and all that. And I know, I get it. I wish, I wish I could hug my mama or my brother, you know, or, you know, I get it. Some have lost children and, and you know, we, we know. It hurts. But that lying devil would have you focus on death when today you should be celebrating a life that was given to us by God 2,000 years ago Amen. to save 
us from ourselves. And when you catch a thief in the act, you should do something about it. You have power. You can take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and the promises of God and what He says about you and who He says you are. I told my friend, oh, that's awesome, man. I said, I'm, I said he won't suffer this Christmas and maybe you'll introduce me to him one day when we all get home. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, nor shadow of turning. He's not going to change. He's good all the time. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 21 is talking about Joseph. A lot had been laid on him regarding this young girl Mary that he was betrothed to. And I'm sure he was head over heels for her. He had been waiting his whole life for her. This is the once-in-a-lifetime thing for, for them and their culture. And, they, and he was looking very much forward to, I can, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm riding a lot between the lines here, but you can only imagine. And he had a lot to think about when this teenage girl, uh, he hasn't yet come together with, is like, well, I'm pregnant, it's not yours. It's God's. Huh? It says, but while he thought on these things, because see, he, was, he wasn't going to go through with the marriage, but he was a good man, the Bible says, and he was going to take care of it in a quiet way. He wasn't going to put her to public shame or stone her or any of that stuff. He was going to do whatever he could to... Just ease the suffering and not cause her anymore either. What a, what, a, what a good man. But he said, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord. And who would that have been? There's only one angel who's ever spoken to man that is by name, known by name. That's Gabriel, yeah. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying, Joseph... Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she will bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Why the colon there to explain the name Jesus? Because that's what it means. Jesus, Yeshua means to rescue or deliver. Amen. Amen. He had to come, you know, because of sin. Quite frankly, 
<laughs> Adam's sin made you sinful. You say, well, that's not fair. Well, you've sinned by yourself too. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But that's it, not really what, you have an excuse. You were born as a child of Satan. Because of Adam, because that seed was corrupted and you passed down that sin nature from seed to seed to seed. God looks at the seed. That's why we must understand the sowing and reaping. If, 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 you're, on a, if you're on a football team and one of the linemen jumps offside before the, the snap, the whole team is penalized. That's the rules. <laughs> you have a part in a greater team, the human race. James 2.10 says, For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point, he becomes guilty of it all. So you, you might be better than everybody you know, but who wants to be the best sinner in hell? Remember, it's like that plate glass window. It doesn't just, you can't repair it. It shatters into a million pieces. It has to be replaced. You weren't patched up. You were killed. You died with Jesus on that cross in his seed, his spiritual seed. And you were raised to new life when you received him as your Lord and Savior. You see, someone in the well with you can't throw you a lifeline. He came to be the one that could. The kinsman redeemer. He had to be like us because God gave the authority to man and man gave it to Satan. Man had to get it back. That's why Jesus had to become a man. So he'd be qualified to die as one of us in order to purchase back the dominion over the earth He gave us in the beginning, which we, or Adam, gave to Satan. <laughs> I want to finish reading where we left off in Luke chapter 2, where we left off in prior week. Luke chapter 2, starting in the first verse, we'll just finish this Christmas story as our Lord and Savior is presented to the world as a gift. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered or taxed. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. This was God moving Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem where the Savior was to come from, because that's where Joseph was from, because he was from the line of David. There's a good chance at the end that they didn't have any room for them. At one time belonged to David and his family. But that's not in the Bible, so you can search it out, though, if you want. It's pretty interesting. And all went to be registered, each to his hometown. And Joseph also went up to from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, 
which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased or goodwill toward men. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go in over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for His inexpressible gift. The New Living Translation says it's just too wonderful for words. First, it was a gift. And if by grace it is a gift, it can't be earned, you see. That's good news, folks. <laughs> because none of us would be able to earn it. So quit trying to be good enough for God. Jesus was good enough, and that's good enough. Amen. Yes. If you put your trust in Him. Mm -hmm. Romans eleven twenty nine. for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable or, or without repentance. In other words, He's not going to change His mind, so if He's given you this gift by grace of His Son, Jesus Christ, and you've accepted that gift, He's not going to take it back. You can give it back, but that's a deliberation for another time amongst other theologians. I believe you can, but I don't think he ever will do it. But he's not going to tell you that you can't. Then it was so great a gift that we could never, f with words ever fully describe or explain how wonderful it is. That's, that's the meaning of that scripture. This indescribable gift. 
Because the vastness and the magnitude of it, it's just, it'll just make your brain explode if you think on it too much. Without it, we would all be doomed to hell fire. That's the magnitude of it. There is a real devil's hell. There's a real heaven. But we've been delivered from that judgment, that great white throne judgment. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. That's how great it is. And lastly, as a, a gift unspeakable or too wonderful to put into words, it, Christ calls forth thanksgiving and praise to God from us. And that's not too much to ask. And if you understand that God inhabits the praise of his people, you would never stop praising him all day long. Your praise runs off the devil and it honors God and it blesses him. So thanks be to God for this unspeakable gift. The gift of God makes us view God with thankfulness, doesn't it? So we never want to fall into the mistake of ignorant persons and when they suppose that our Lord Jesus Christ came so that God would love us. That's not true at all. Jesus came into the world because God does love us. Huh? And because of his love for us, he gave us as a gift his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Born to die. For God so loved the world, not the world system we talked about, but you, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. The meaning of everlasting life or eternal life is knowing God the Father and his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent, John 17, 3. Charles Spurgeon wrote this, "'Twas not to make Jehovah's love towards the sinner flame that Jesus from his throne above a suffering man became. "'Twas not the death which he endured nor all the pangs he bore that God's eternal love procured for God was love before. Mm. He always loved us. Yeah. Nobody would give up their only son for someone or something they didn't love. <laughs> so, this unspeakable gift, it's not the cause of God's love, but the fruit thereof, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm? God gave his son, and we adore the giver and the gift. And we bless his name. Once people thought of God with fear and trepidation and dread. That's why Mary 
Hey, you who are highly favored of the Lord, what sort of a message is this? She lived under the law. When it was do good, get good, do bad, get beat. Nobody saw God. Nobody talked to God, only the priest. You see, it was very different for her time. See, we take for granted what we have now. And the way to keep from doing that is to focus, you know, read the Old Testament. And every time you see how hard it was, say, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've delivered me from this. Trying to earn my salvation. You did it for me. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we know that it's God's will because Acts 10.38 says, Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And then he said, have you seen me? You've seen the Father. So there's the Father doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil. It's not his will. He doesn't put sickness on people, you see. He doesn't put death and destruction and all this stuff that comes from a sick and dying world. We infected this world. God delivered us from it, if we will accept 2 Corinthians 5.21, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And what must I do? Everybody wants to know, what, what do I need to do to have this unspeakable gift? If, they, if there was something they could do, you know what they want to know? They really want to know the minimum requirement. <laughs> and check it off and go about their business. That's the person that you meet that said, that, oh, I took care of that a long time ago. The one that got baptized when they were a baby or whatever and think that did it. Or, you know, or went and... Never mind. <laughs> Once I heard God tell me, you're my child and I'm well pleased. And I love you. I, you know, he said that to Jesus. And, and then for him to say that to me, I was like, whoa, you know, what, what did I do to deserve that? Nothing. What I did to deserve that was accept what Jesus has done on my behalf and make him my Lord and Savior. When you surrender your life to Jesus, once you do that and you become a disciple of his word. Jesus said go into all the world and make disciples now, not, not converts. It's not a prayer, once and done, fire insurance. You, it becomes your life. He is your life. You died and now the life that you live is Christ living in you and through you. you see? Do we even believe that? Once you become a disciple, though, then he can fix all the rest. You see, you don't get cleaned up to take a bath. You just surrender. You yield and mean it. Yeah. And, you know, I, sur I surrender all this, Lord. What's that behind your back? Not that. That's what we do. Yeah. He said, well, that's what I want the most. Because yeah. yeah. I have... 
I have something way better. <laughs> Trade you. Yeah. But we don't trust him enough. It's unbelief. Yeah. It's unbelief. Ask him to help you with it. Yeah. Whatever area it is. Talking to myself too. He'll fix it. He's faithful. He's trustworthy. If you allow him. If you are teachable. The Bible has a lot. You read Proverbs and the Psalms. You, you, the, the Bible has a lot and it's not positive to say about the one who is not teachable. Oh, how I hated correction. And then go on to see their end. It's not good. And we all have a little rebellion. You used to have a lot. <laughs> but if you're teachable, then you can enjoy this Christmas present from God now, today, and every day for all time, you see? John 6, 27. John 6, 27 through 29. Do not work for food that perishes, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they inquired, what must we do <laughs> to perform the works of God? Jesus replied, the work of God is this. Believe in the one he has sent. And we could do a whole series on that word believe. Because it's not just believing he exists. The devil believes and trembles. <laughs> Believe in the Christ of Christmas. Make him the center and the central focus and the purpose of your life. He's going to show you great and wonderful things that you didn't know. He's going to take you places and show you things and Give you things that you never dreamed you could have and do and be. This is his desire for you. Give everything you are and everything you have to Jesus this Christmas. I mean, after all, it is his birthday, not yours. <laughs> And Matthew 19, verse 29 says, And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake, for my sake will receive a hundredfold times as much in return in this life and will inherit eternal life. See, the blessing of God makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Amen. You get as rich as you want, you'll find out the sorrow is not, it's not worth it no. with the sorrow. Do it his way. 
And then you'll be blessed to be a blessing. You'll have peace in the midst of the storm. He is the Prince of Peace. John 16, 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart or be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Peace from the Prince of Peace. The gift he gave us in John 14, 27 as his own personal gift to us on the night of his betrayal. A prince is a leader, like I mentioned earlier, with authority. And God has placed all things under his feet. That means he is in control of it all. He's the Alpha and Omega from the book of Revelation. That just means that's the first letter and the, and the last letter of the Greek alphabet. Just like if we said he's the A and the Z. That means everything that you can mention is made up of letters to make words. Well, he's, he's from the beginning to the end of it. He's the alphabet and a bag of chips. Amen. Isaiah 9, 6 that we referred to earlier said that he would be our wonderful counselor. That is a great promise. That's the same word for lawyer in the, in the Hebrew. So let him counsel you with his perfect and wise counsel. You say, well, if he wanted me to know something, he'd just tell me. You meet people like that? How, how dumb can you get and still walk and breathe? <laughs> That's why we talk about a relationship here. A relationship with the living God. It's not a religion. You have to seek his counsel. Then listen. Then act upon it. He's the anointed one. The Messiah or Christ. That's what that means. In the Old Testament they talked about a Messiah. They were waiting on him. When the Christ came, that, that's him. That's, it's the same meaning, the same word. Do you know that? <laughs> the anointed one. That's what those two mean. Too bad Christians and Jews don't both realize that today. He's the one. He will set up his kingdom and rule and reign in peace and might. But you don't have to wait. That's the whole point of this Christmas present from God. You don't have to wait. Let the kingdom of God, His kingdom, Jesus' kingdom. Let it rule and reign in your heart now. And it takes some practice. It takes some time. It takes some time with Him. It takes time in the Word. It takes prayer. But you can get to a place 
where the promises and provision and the reality of God with you is more real than anything going on around you. That's living life after the Spirit. Allow the seed of God's Word to really affect change in your life. Receive the greatest Christmas present, Christ Himself, the Eternal Father, the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, your Master and Friend and Savior, your Father in Heaven. He loves you. He always loves you. He's looking for His end times church. I believe that now more than ever before. He is looking for his end times church, the bride for his prince of peace, for the king of kings. 2,000 years ago, God hung his gift to the world on a tree. But it wasn't a Christmas tree. It was a wooden cross. Let him live and reign in your life this Christmas and always. Amen. You will never, ever regret it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, I love you all. Merry Christmas to you all. I speak a blessing of health and peace and joy and provision and love and a closeness with God like never before through His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 You receive it today? All right, well, tell the Lord you love him. Say hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Happy birthday, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah.